Folks, I'm Drew Berquist. This is my show. It is Wednesday, and let's get ready for an hour of fun, shall we? Gonna be a good night. We got a lot to cover, more to cover, in fact, since we did not get to booze and banter uh, and coin club tonight. And while we're talking about that, <clears throat> because we, we had some stuff that we just needed to take care of that's happening behind the scenes that hopefully we can share more about with you here soon. But while we're talking about that, here's, here's just some administrative notes. There was no coin club today. Obviously, we're here. We're doing the, the main show now. Tomorrow, Thursday, there will be coin club. However, there will not be a main show because, because we all want to, and I know you guys are in this category too, watch... Tucker Carlson's interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin, which will be releasing and airing at 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night. That happens to be our time slot. They didn't consult with us, but we're not going to try and compete with what will probably be the most watched video of all time. So we're going to just focus on Coin Club tomorrow. So you members, Coin Club members, come on over to Locals. If you're not a Coin Club member, come on and join us. You can click that red button that says join if you're on Rumble. If you're on Drew Berkwish Rumble, that is. If, if you're not there, go to drewberquist.locals.com and you can use promo code Drew to sign up there and get a free month. You'll it, be a part of the crew. You'll get a coin and you can enjoy booze and banter. It's really a shame that they uh, didn't consult with us. Ooh, my camera's off. No, it's on. <laughs> I can see that it's on. It's on? Oh, okay. Well, it's just... Um, <clears throat> yes. Well, we're not looking at disco anymore. We're just going to... But yeah, I mean... Uh, that's coming out tomorrow. I, I know we've all talked about it. I can't wait, Tommy Boy, to see it. It's going to be really, really fascinating. We'll talk more about it later in the show, but that's that's going to be something interesting to talk about. How are you, by the way, Tom? Oh, I'm doing well, just swimmingly. swimmingly. You know, I did the, I did the whole um, dry January, but last night I went out to dinner and had a couple of a couple of drinks, had some wine, had a couple of gins. Woke up in this this morning and realized that drinking just I think I'm over it. I, it just it it turned me off. It was like I spent a lot of money and it made me feel like crap in the morning and why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, I mean it's that's the thing. That's the thing. If if you go over like two, maybe maybe stretch it to three, two, three, somewhere in that window, depending on your pour, of course. I, the, the morning is rough. I did that for a long time too, and have realized, hey, these mornings are kind of nice. They're they're nice and productive rather than feeling like garbage feeling for like half the day. Garbage. Yeah. But uh, then again, I, I went and I smashed down a cheeseburger to try and soak up the alcohol, and then went out for a run and ran further and faster than I've had an entire month. So I'm kind of torn right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know balance is the thing. You right? find the fine line. You yeah. gotta find find that. <laughs> That that yeah exactly. Find the balance. Find what works for you, uh, for sure. But but mornings are one hundred percent better when you do it the right way. That's that's absolutely true. Okay, we got a lot to get to today. Lots of stories. Lots of news. Let's get into the the news crews here in a second because, like I said, we're going to add some stuff that was going to be on on booze and banter. Let's go. something that we don't do as often as we'd like around here let's start with some good news shall we i think we can all agree it's time for some good news and that Yay. good news is as we heard yesterday last night in particular rana mcdaniel rana romney 
is going to step down. She is out. The GOP's portly little piggy has stepped down as the coach of the Washington Generals. Her leadership was as effective as brushing your teeth after... <laughs> just not good tom threw a, <laughs> threw a i didn't know about um but but look if it, it, this is great news right you look at you look at that picture there i'm so glad you caught yourself i did um it, it would have taken us out of the family yep. show category yep. i'm not pretty i'm not sure we're in that category to start but but this this chick right here has been a disaster and you know that that she has been from from day one because of her family, her lineage, just the fact that she just she just is a swamp creature, right? And if you're part of permanent Washington, you're probably not watching the show, but you love her because she absolutely sandbagged elections all over the place to stop Republicans from making any gains and trying to, you know, right the American ship. I mean, she she got in the way of all of that. So the question, though, well, this is great news for us. Is what's next? What's the play here? Right. Ronna goes and she takes the GOP mega donors with her for third party backing Haley. I don't think they're going to get behind Christy. We're going to talk about that in a second, too. Or does she know that Big Mike's getting into the race and that big donors are going to rally around Michelle's chocolatey beef stick to defeat Trump? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for that. We don't we don't know exactly why it's happening. On the surface, it's a great thing. It's good news because she's been a disaster. Should have lost to Harmeet Dillon, but obviously that was set up for, for Harmeet to fail and for Rana to keep control. But uh, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who they fill her. Because most people will be like, oh, great, we're going to get someone good in there. Ah, man, I, would, I would just say pump the brakes. It's not that great of news. <laughs> Things aren't that, that, that good, and we're, we're not headed in a good direction. So I would not presume that we're going to put someone better in there. We damn sure better try. But the question is, is, is what will permanent Washington and the establishment allow in this situation? What, what's your take from it, Tom? I don't, I, I, it, this is kind of a weird thing uh, of, of her stepping down. It, to me, it almost signals that the, the establishment GOP is just pulling totally out of of control under the hopes that the whole um, you know Trump and the MAGA movement will just will just fall. That's what it seems like to me where they're just like, you know, Rana and the Koch brother, they're all just like, okay, let's step back. Let's let's let them do this and let's let them destroy themselves and then we'll come back and we'll run the Republican party the way that we've run it for 100 years. Yeah. No, very possibly. That makes a whole lot of sense. What what you'd like to see be the reason. You'd like you'd like for it to be, we, uh, I think it was last week, we talked about how in terms of fundraising efforts and numbers, pure, just, just straight up data, last year was one of the worst years since the early 90s for the RNC. And it was with Ronna McDaniel at the helm. Now, as we said then, not an election year in 2023, not a presidential election year for sure, but but still really super low. I think it was since 90, it was either 93 or 96. Doesn't matter, long time since the numbers had been that low, that bad. So you'd like to think, well, she's just been underperforming. Clearly, she's gotten in the way of some good people getting into office and just put up some more swamp-like creatures. But I, I agree, there's gotta be something else behind this behind this move and well i'm excited 
that we don't have to look at Rana anymore or listen to Rana anymore and that another Romney, Romney family member is currently out of the picture, I, I think it's stand by and wait to see what surprise is coming next because my sense is what's behind door number two is, is not necessarily any better. They might be skinnier, but I don't know that their policies are going to be any better. How long did it take you to find this image? Not long. Oh. <laughs> Not long. Most of the pictures out. She's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And to her credit, good for her. She might live a little bit longer. But, 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 I mean, that's, those pictures are. Yeah. She, that's just she, her. she went from hideous to homely. Yes. So, good honor. You yeah. know, th- this whole, the, the whole sandbagging with the Republican Party, we see it all the time. We saw it with the impeachment of Mayorkas. They're always the Republican Party is just does whatever it can to torpedo itself. We saw it in the uh, midterms of 2022 when we had the gayest senator ever talking about banning abortion to, so he could rile up, you know, every left winger out there to get out and vote to make sure no, you know, Trump supported Democrat or Republicans or Republicans in general, you know, won any you know hotly contested races so it's this is just the constant the, the republicans shooting themselves in the foot is just a constant battle that we're seeing over and over again and i think with ron leaving it means that there's something even more sinister on the horizon yeah probably so probably so but like i said we're trying to start with good news so let's take this as initially good news the headline reads well for us take the win when we can get it yeah and and then we'll just wait for the loss which is definitely coming let's stay on the the thought of good news though the substance of this next exchange and what they're talking about not good atrocious in fact because it deals with the border and illegal immigration that's that's been going on here but how Ducey, peter Ducey from fox news trolls kjp in this question in this exchange right here is great let's take a listen thank you so you guys talk a lot, including today, about how the border wouldn't be such a big deal if Congress would have just passed your immigration bill on day one. Who was in charge of Congress on day one? So it's been three years. It's been three three whole years. More than three years. More than a thousand days. And look, this is a difficult issue, obviously. This is a difficult issue. And what we have said is that Congress has to act, right? Congress, Democrats, Republicans have to act. But in those three years, it is true that Republicans have gotten in the way. They just have, Peter. They have consistently used immigration, the immigration system, the broken system, as a political stunt. That's what they've done. They've gotten in the way in trying to get more Border Patrol agents. They've gotten in the way in actually trying to fix what's happening, the challenges at the border. They did. So I mean, the, they the voted. Democrats They've actually voted. The first two years, no it has. I'm not saying that Democrats have not been in control the first two years. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying House Republicans have got in the way. They have. They have purposefully gotten in the way in trying to fix what's happening at the border. Okay. That's wow. That's astonishing. KJP seems to be getting dumber with each passing day. And if if you're like me, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about. It. I'm enjoying every minute of it. But Democrats had the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and they opened the borders. If they wanted to pass a new immigration law, they had their chance. Like Peter Ducey saying, yeah, you keep blaming Republicans on this. But who had control of everything? 
<laughs> everything. And I love how she said, look, I will give her credit. I, I love, her, first of all, I, the, her trying to, to, to stall and get some, some time for herself. Well, it's been, this is a difficult issue. It's been more than a thousand days. We know it's a, it's a devastating issue. We've felt those thousand days. The whole country has. But she says Republicans have gotten in the way. And while she means it in a different sense, she's actually kind of right because our Republicans are a feckless party who do jack shit and do nothing to actually help the country. They just, you know, it's all lip service and not any action. But this, they're, they're, they have no legs to stand on here whatsoever when it comes to this issue and frankly any of the other ones. But this is the most country crippling thing that's going on right now. Nothing else that this administration has done is good. And all of it is very purposefully trying to hurt, devastate, and lead to the, the overhaul of this country and what it looks like. But none more so than this one. And to blame other people. Well, I mean, Biden, how many times have we heard Biden say, I'm just waiting for them, someone to give me the authority. Bro, you're the president. You're, <laughs> you're, you're not really, but like you're sitting in that seat. You have the authority to do it. You have the Senate. You have a bunch of, have you looked at the House, the House-controlled GOP? We don't control shit there. We might have slight numbers advantage on paper, but but it just doesn't work that way. You you cannot say that anyone else is responsible for this but you. Our immigration laws are already on the books. This isn't something new that's just sort of popped up. It, it's new that Joe opened the border when he repealed remain in Mexico. Right. That's what happened. That's what opened the floodgates to all of this. But if Joe's talking about border enforcement, the laws are already there. So what she's actually saying is amnesty for everyone coming in and to continue to have an open border and wants Republicans on board with having an open border and amnesty so we could totally transform the country by importing the third world to it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and, and exactly. These laws have been on the book i mean they have they have very purposely gone this direction it's just remarkable but but you when you're the democrats and and you're a, a permanent washington swamp douche you get to say these things you get to be like well it's definitely us we've very purposely done this but we're just gonna say it was those guys because we don't <laughs> we want to be liked we we don't want to be hated they hate everyone but they don't want to be hated and, and yeah let's just move on I don't want to talk about well, last bit of good news here. Well, actually, there's there's kind of some good news in the next story too, the, the 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 one we're going to get to after this. But as we mentioned on the show yesterday, if this were to happen, I see it as good news because it gives us so much to talk about. But there's reports that Chris Christie and his team and his donors have been in discussion with no labels about a possible third party bid. Can you imagine? There's Chris Christie. Can you imagine them having that much ignorance to the point where they think that this would be a good idea? They've been talking with, with Senator Joe Manchin for a while, which as a third-party candidate, he kind of fits the bill because he's, he's truly pretty independent on a lot of issues. He's more of an old-school Democrat, not the new progressive radical left Democrat. And... And granted, Chris Christie is a traditional establishment swamp creature on the right, so you, you see why it makes sense. But no one likes Chris Christie. Joe Manchin would have way more success. He wouldn't win, of course, but he would have more success in taking away votes. Chris Christie will not take away votes from anyone. I don't know what they're thinking and why they would do this. 
other than we still think, like when we put you into this race and we told you, hey, you're not going to win, no one likes looking at you or listening to you. And then beyond that, if they do, they'll realize your policies before and now are all trash. But the only reason I can see him doing it is to just try and siphon off some more, you know, old school Republicans who are okay with just continuing to kick the can down the road and let the Democrats have their way with America. Yeah, and I think that's the play for the establishment Republicans is to put forward Christie and Haley on the same ticket, along with RFK Jr. being, a, a, you know, somebody else on the ballot, all to siphon votes away separately. from Trump. Yeah. You know, yeah, separately. Yeah. But all to siphon votes away. I, I think that's the play. I think they see RFK potentially siphoning votes away both from Biden and Trump, but more so from Biden. And so they're thinking, ah, you know what? If we do this and have, you know, Haley and Christie running, we can this will hurt Trump more and help Biden because Biden voters or people Democrats who don't really want to vote for Biden who would vote for or aren't going to vote for for Haley and Christie. You're you're more likely having Republicans who just can't stand Trump, you know, vote can't stand Trump vote for him. This gives them an option that they could feel good about. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, as much as we loathe Chris Christie and as much as we loathe Nikki Haley, the reality of the situation is, and, and we'll mock Chris Christie to, to death if, if he actually goes and does this and we'll have some fun with it. But, the, but the, the, the reality is, while it would be funny, like that first story about Ronna stepping down, it sounds good now or sounds interesting to talk about but what's coming next is not good. And what's coming next with this possibility, if if they were to combine, Chris Christie on his own, he's not going to siphon that many away. If they were to get Haley on that ticket with him, whoever's on top, it really, frankly, doesn't matter who's 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 the, the presidential nominee for no labels and who's the VP. They would take away some conservative voters from Trump without a doubt. They just, they absolutely would. And well, you're probably not in this audience listening to this show thinking, oh, yeah, I would vote for that. Of course not, because those are awful people who would do nothing good for this country. But you know a lot of people, we all do, who would choose that ticket over Trump and whoever he picks. <laughs> that would be awful. I can't, I couldn't imagine, you know, I couldn't imagine voting for that ticket. You know, yeah. I, I could, I could see myself, you know, before voting for them, like, playing with myself to the picture of the falling guy from 9-11 in the World Trade Center before voting for them. You know, that that's how out uh, of left field yeah. that a, a vote for those two would be for somebody like myself. But like I said before, for people who just Trump isn't their cup of tea, in, in good conscience, this helps them to, to hurt Trump but also not vote for Biden. So they could be like, you know what? I didn't vote for Biden. You know, it's yeah. not my fault. You know, I, I voted for, you but know, you I was did. backing Republicans. Yeah, but but you did. I mean, if you take that route, and that's exactly what people will say, and they'll say that at the water cooler, they'll say it at their family get-togethers, oh, don't blame me, I didn't vote for Biden. But But by voting for that ticket that has no shot in hell of winning, you're voting for Biden or whoever they put up. I, I still am not convinced Biden's going to make it that far. Not just even the race. I'm just talking about whether or not he he can can stay alive that long. But but he it would absolutely be 
ipso facto a vote for Joe Biden. And, and we literally cannot take, I mean, look around us. We're three years into this. We cannot take four more years of this administration or God forbid they swap him out and you get someone new in still run by the same regime and you get eight more years. The country cannot, we can't take it. We, we cannot survive that. So I, 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 I wish that people would get that. I wish that people could get over mean tweets. I wish they could get over some of the locker room talk and the clips, you know, the Billy Bush clip. Well, I could never vote for him again. Get over it. That's, you're not voting for, for someone to be the lead pastor at your church. You're voting for someone to manage a, a, an enterprise, to manage the country, to, to strike fear into our enemies, confidence into our allies. And, and that's it, period, end of story. Your feelings about a person don't matter. It's what, it's what do you think that person's actually going to do? The problem is, is most people go the other route. They go the emotional route. Well, he makes me uncomfortable. <clears throat> Stop it, get over yourself. This isn't about you. And it's not about Trump either. Trump just happens to be the person who's going to be the GOP nominee. So either you want the country to have a chance to get on track, even if you get offended during the process, or you're willing to just let it continue down this path where your rights and freedoms are only going to diminish more and more by the day. I got a question for the three of you. Sorry, Tom. Do you think... Maybe not for this one, but let's fast forward four more years or eight more years. Do you think that they would try to have Pete run again for president? No, no. I think no. I think that wad's been blown. I think that's done. Yeah. That, well, first of all, black men aren't going to vote for anybody who's gay. That's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, black females, you know, which make up, you know, the the big voting block for them may or may not. It just depends. Um uh, I just black males aren't going to vote for a gay dude. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and I don't think a lot of uh, of of the Latin community will either. The Hispanic no. community. I mean, the, the you look at the traditions and values uh, there, and I'm not saying that the other community doesn't have traditions. Everyone just comes at it from their own perspective. You're not going to do that. They don't have to worry about you know christians on the left because that's kind of a misnomer but but i yeah i don't i don't think that that's i think that he'll continue to have a cabinet position and in, in different administrations moving forward and he'll have a role in the government but it's it, that that to me is not going to happen it's it's it, the question right now is is can we let's assume let's assume that this election was going to be fair and reasonable and trustworthy that's a very big assumption. You probably shouldn't feel that way. But let's just assume for 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 the sake of, of argument here that it was going to be. We have to do everything we can to ensure the other side does not win. And the other side includes, by the way, a Haley and Chris Christie ticket. But we have to do everything that we can to ensure that it goes the right way. And... <clears throat> I just hope that people can get over that. But the problem is, is I don't think they can. I, I just don't think they can. I, I, I know so many people who could never bring themselves to vote for Trump because the, he, he offends them or rubs them the wrong way. I, I get it. I get why he might you might feel that way. I get based on your upbringing and who you are as a person that he's not your style of person. 
but you're not going to hang out with him. You're never going to meet him or be in the same room as him. So again, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Think about the greater good of the country because we're, I mean, we're so damn close to losing it. And while I'm not saying like some people would Trump's the only answer, I don't think Trump is the only answer. But I think of, of, of what's available to us, especially now that the MAGA crowd totally went after DeSantis and, and crushed his political future. Uh, he's the best thing that we've got right now. He's the best thing that we've got. And then we've got some time to figure out who the next person is. Maybe we can groom an Anna Polina Luna or someone like that to be in that situation. She'd be amazing, by the way. But, but the best option we have right now to not become a complete and total communist country is to figure out a way to win this election. All right, let's um, let's move on to this next thing here. We we talked about during the show yesterday that the initial vote on the House floor yesterday ended up re- to to impeach Mayorkas. That is ended up with a loss. We we didn't get enough votes. We had we had three who voted against and one who pr- voted a procedural no. Good friend. Guy who's been on the show a bunch of times, Eli Crane, weighed in, Congressman Eli Crane, that is, weighed, on, weighed in on the disappointment of the vote. Here was his take. Hey, uh, some of you guys are aware that um, we were unable to impeach Secretary Mayorkas tonight. Very disappointed with that outcome. Um, you know, that's how it is sometimes up here. You win some, it uh, seems like you lose a lot more. Um, but hey, tomorrow's a new day. We're going to be back at it. If you guys want to help us out, get that app, Build Blaster, uh, find your representative, find out who's standing with us, who's not, and uh, give them a piece of your mind. Uh, but for everybody out there that's continued to support um, us, I just want to say thank you guys. Don't give up. Um, it's always darkest before the dawn. God bless you guys. Out. I love that he throws that's always darkest for the dawn out at the end there. That's that's my guy right there. That's Eli. So disappointing, right? And you should do that. Everyone should be weighing in with their representative because while there's optimism for this this vote to still go through, and I'll talk about that in a second, the the reality of the situation is is we shouldn't have even one person on our side voting against this because under this administration, where Mayorkas has been the guy in charge of Department of Homeland Security who is responsible for the border, he has been nothing shy of an abysmal failure. Just there's there's nothing positive to say about him in this position, right? And I get it. It's not even all his fault, but he has to fall for this. Someone has to go down for this, and I still think that we should be impeaching the hell out of a lot of people. Even though it's just a political stunt these days, you still need to do it because it shows your constituents that you care and you're trying and you're willing to rock the boat a little bit in D.C., something that obviously has to be done. Ideally, you rock it to the point where the son bitch sinks. But yet Anna Polina, also friend of the show, who said that a, a, a vote could happen as soon as next week. She says here, for your situational awareness, FISA, if you're, if you're not from, from my old world, impeachment vote on Mayorkas will be brought back to the floor next week. Moore, Representative Moore, voted no so that it could be reconsidered next week. It's a pr- procedural maneuver, so it'll pass next week pending votes. So there's some hope that next week it comes back before the House, and it came down to basically a tie uh, because of the procedural vote we lost. But if Moore 
votes the way he says he's going to, and everyone else does exactly what they did last week. By the way, Scalise was out for cancer treatments. If, if everyone votes the way they, they, they say they're going to next week, presuming it gets back on the House floor, then we should be good. Here was Representative Moore himself actually talking about what he did, why he did it. Hi, everyone. Uh, Congressman Blake Moore here. Wanted to do a brief video just to explain some of the confusion that's, that's going on out there. Uh, yesterday on the House floor, we held a vote, the House of Representatives held a vote on articles of impeachment for Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. Now, this is a much anticipated vote. And there was a lot of coverage. So I get why there was so much attention around this. But what actually took place was a very simple procedural thing that I'd like to explain. So I voted in favor of, of that motion, right? And um, right, as, right before the vote was about to close, it was clear that that vote was gonna fail. It was 215 to 215. And when it's a tie in the House of Representatives, that means that that bill or that motion or that resolution will fail. And so what typically is done in that situation, a member of the majority leadership team will go and switch their vote at the last minute so that person can offer what's called a motion to reconsider. Meaning instead of the bill failing and never being able to be brought up again, somebody will be able to bring that back up at a time and choosing of when the Speaker of the House and the majority leader want to actually do that. Well, that's the fun about being on leadership. Sometimes you, 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 you take these things knowing that there'll be some confusion, but uh, we'll, 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 Matt, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely clarify. Um, so I, I did that. The, the, the majority leaders team came to me and said, hey, Blake, like you did a few weeks ago, you had to do this procedure a few weeks ago. Of course, no one ever heard about that one. Uh, they said, can you do it again? I said, absolutely. Our, our majority leader, Steve Scalise, is typically who would do this. But Steve is unfortunately and sadly in cancer treatments right now. He's doing great. He's going to be okay. Uh, but he couldn't be here on the House floor, so it was passed to me as a number, another member of leadership to do it. And, um, and, and, and that's, what, that's what took place. So instead of the bill failing, I voted, we'll be able to motion to reconsider, and this can be, can be brought up at a, at, a, at, a, at a later time. And I just you know, want to clarify, there's a lot of, a lot of folks out there, uh, a lot of comments going around. I, we get that, we understand that. I was, somebody even joked with me and said, whoa, boy, I bet your communications team is gonna be busy tonight as they got flooded with, with messages. Uh, that's the that that's the that's the part of this gig. So thank you for for hearing me out and understanding what it is. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need any more clarification. But that's the simple procedural there, and um, and I guess this is what we would call another more you know video. The more you know about procedure. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> there you go. And I appreciate that. Right. Good job on Blake for for falling on the sword. And then explaining it. Now, a lot of people still mad at him because they just see a list of people who voted no, not realize. And we didn't know this yesterday when it happened. We, we read his name off. We read his name along with the other three who voted absolutely no because we did not know the nuance of it yet. Now we know the, the nuance of it. We understand what's going on. And, and that's, that's encouraging news to hear. Does it mean that it's going to go through for sure? No, in theory, we should have the votes by at least one now. And hopefully the other three, Ken Buck and crew, heard a lot of noise from their people and maybe would reconsider it. The, the only concern is, is this is D.C., right? So is anyone else going to join that three because someone on the other side, someone in permanent Washington, someone in the Uniparty has gotten to them and said, here's what I'll give you to not do this. 
So we'll see where it goes, but it is encouraging to hear what Anna said and then and ultimately from Blake Blake Moore's mouth directly what's going on and why that happened. And and hopefully there is. There's a, a learning point in that for, for folks too. It doesn't mean that Washington's okay and okay, we're gonna get this fixed. No, no, no. Washington's still broken. But there's there's hope yet on <clears throat> on the Mayorkas impeachment vote going through. Does it mean anything? Does that change anything for our country or our homeland security? No, it does not. We've told you that before. Even if it goes all the way through and he's removed from his position, the the left will just put someone in there who's as bad or worse. So, but you still got to do it. You still got to go through it. And we need, we need to feel like there's people representing us in the so-called GOP-controlled house. Yeah, I, this the my orcas impeachment. You know, it, it's all for show, pretty much. You know, I kind of feel like if you go to a restaurant and you get food poisoning, you want to fire the chef. You don't want to fire the car valet. And my or my orcas is the car valet. Joe is the chef. Right. So I can appreciate that. Uh, you know, going after the car valet, but ultimately it's Joe. It's his responsibility because Mayorkas is doing exactly what Joe is telling him to do. So not only do you do Mayorkas, you just run down the list of everybody there and do what the the Democrats do, make their lives a living hell. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, man, keep, keep, start voting on impeachments and, you know, having having this brought to the floor instead of passing these stupid bills that screw all of us make their lives hell. Right. You know, you've got the perfect opportunity right now. You know, you we've almost the the Republican the the feeling in the United States right now is so anti-democrat party that it's almost like we the people have our collective boot almost to the throat of the Marxist party. Right now we just need a little bit more effort to get that heel onto the windpipe and then start grinding it in. And the only way to grind it in is to make their lives excruciatingly bad. And we've got, the party has the chance to do it. And if they they blink and don't do it, you get what you get then because Democrats never hesitate. Yeah. No, they they don't. And I agree. I mean, really, if you're up there in D.C. right now, Knowing that we don't have the controls that we need, you know, we just don't have those levers in our power to to actually bring about meaningful change. Hopefully, over time, we're able to flip that script a little bit. But your your role is disruptor right now. Your role is just be a tornado that is just wreaking havoc in that city, upsetting everyone and and the way that business has always been done there. I, I hope I hope that we can see some more of that. We have not seen it. I, I don't I don't believe that we're going to see much. Praise God that we have people like Eli, like Anna, and some of the others in the Freedom Caucus who are willing to play that role. We just, we just need more of them. We just need more of them. Someone who is really upsetting the system quite a bit is Tucker Carlson, which brings us to our question of the day. And then we'll talk about, about Tucker in the interview that plays tomorrow. But my question as we get into this portion of the show is this over under you got to pick just just give us over under tucker's putin interview which airs tomorrow 6 p.m eastern again we will not be doing the show tomorrow uh we'll be doing coin club but not the main show but the question is this over under 
Tucker's Putin interview that airs tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern, overtime, not just tomorrow, overtime does 450 million <clears throat> views. So over or under 450 million views. For reference, his interview with Javier Millet is currently sitting at 427 million views. So let us know. Send your responses in. And, Tom, I'm going to come to you first as always. Are you going over or under 450 million views for this Tucker Carlson Vladimir Putin interview? That this is kind of a tough one because my initial instinct is to go over. I think it's going to be the most viewed video ever on social media. But I'm also not discounting the fact of any sort of three letter agency putting the kibosh on it by shutting down X somehow and claiming that, you know, the servers have collapsed or something. And to try to try and diffuse all the anticipation. So if there's no monkey business by the Intel community, it's definitely over. Okay. Okay. Good caveat. Yeah. And let's do it based on, based on no sabotage happening, based on no sabotage happening. So you're a over. Disco. Uh, I think it's going to be under, but just shy. Under, but just shy. Yeah. I think if this thing, if the numbers that I've seen for the Malay interview are, are, are where they are, then I think without a shout of a doubt. And even so, I mean, even seeing some of the ones, take, take the Javier Malay uh, interview out, just seeing some of the other stuff he's done, which is very interesting. Great work, great journalism by Tucker. And they had crazy numbers. I, I think this is just because of 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 how polarizing it's going to be and you're going to have people who want to pick into it tear into it and find moments where you know tucker's an enemy of the state or all that whatever they want to label him all those things i think you're going to have a lot of people watching it i do i think it's going to be like tom mentioned the most watched internet video in history to date and i'm going over i'm going over so are the, a lot of the folks on... I'm, I'm on trying to think, is there anything else chat? tomorrow that's going on tomorrow? No. But here's the thing about internet. It, it, it's, it doesn't matter, yeah. You don't have to watch it at 6 p.m. Yeah. Eastern tomorrow. We're taking the night off so we can all collectively watch it um, <clears throat> before any monkey business does happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it's going to be there. Oh, I mean... Yeah. Tucker's interview with Cat Turd got like 10 million views. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but exactly. To, to me, it's, it's, there's the people that are on the left that are like, you know, he shouldn't be allowed back in the, in the States, you know, anymore because he did this. I feel like there's going to be a big portion of the, com of, you know, population that's just going to say, I'm not going to watch it. I'm hoping that there's more people that are still mad at him, but are still like, let me watch it just to see. But you don't see a lot of those people day to day you don't even on the even on x and facebook and instagram you don't see those people who are like willing to give things a chance it's either they, they want to hear it or they don't want to hear it yeah yeah well i don't know i think everyone by the way in the chat's going over i've not seen one under yet um all right i'll, I'll play devil's advocate i'll be on the the, the other side the under yeah right. yeah that's fine and and it might it might and who knows but i i it's i tell you this i do think regardless of whether it's 450 over just under whatever i do think it's going to be the most watched internet video to to date yeah. i i i feel very confident about that 
apparently everyone else does too. But let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about the Tucker stuff. We were going to get to some of this in booze and banter and didn't, but you've got a couple things happening overseas. Obviously, we've had people here in the United States of America who are very much a part of, of the establishment who have who have put out, oh, he shouldn't be allowed to return and blah, blah, and he's an enemy of the state, yada, yada, yada. Well, Ukraine has has decided to officially put Tucker Carlson on the enemies of Ukraine list because of his interview with Putin, <laughs> as, if, as if that does anything, or as if Tucker's just dying to go and sit down in Kiev at a restaurant, which, by the way, is safer and more prosperous than, than ones here in our own cities and and has been the whole time but you've also got the eu you've got eu lawmakers i'm just going to read the eu lawmakers consider banning tucker carlson his travel over his interview with putin labeling it aid to a war criminal aid to a war criminal so he's getting uh, that's potential potentially in the eu for sure in ukraine on the enemies list you've got people here in the united states who have done that but honestly, as we talked about yesterday, and I don't remember if it was on the show or in, in Coin Club, but as we talked about yesterday, this is legit real journalism. And this is how things have always been done. It's just now because they're so much more overt about sticking to the script and, and, and whatever the prescribed narrative is, that there's no room for any opposing thoughts or, or, or opinions but, I mean, we've seen this before. You had Walter Cronkite sat down with Anwar Sadat. You had Barbara Walters interview Fidel Castro. Dan Rather, Saddam Hussein. Frickin' Sean Penn went and interviewed El Chapo. Like, this has always been done, and people are always like, that's so brave. And, and those people are, like, put up for awards for those. But because the world has changed so much, because we've changed so much here, and because Tucker has such a huge audience and is such a huge threat to the establishment is why you're facing this now. Well, maybe maybe we should punish him. Maybe we shouldn't let him home. Maybe we should put him on no-fly list, enemies of the state list, all of this stuff. And it's just absolutely hysterical and not to, to see happen. No, of course not, because Tucker's not following the script of the globalist pigs who want to make sure that Putin is isolated because, <clears throat> you know, it, he, Putin, like we always say, the, the you know, the disclaimer, we know that he's a bad guy, he's done bad shit, okay, but he also really likes his country and he likes the culture of his country and wants to preserve it, and that is the biggest no-no to this globalist takeover is the fact that you can't have a country with its own identity. And so, it, it, therefore, he has to be the bad guy because he, unless we topple his regime, we can't have this, you know, one world government organization. But for the European Union to say, you know, to, to ban his, you know, restrict his travel, deny him entry into, the, in, into these countries, they're just playing it. it, it everything that you know, people like myself in my community get called tinfoil hats. They're, they're, the, the European Union is justifying everything that we've talked about. So everything that for years people are saying, there's no kind of, you know, global takeover. You know, the UN's not going to be some weird governing body, blah, blah, blah. Well, it sure seems like it at this point if the European Union is going to go out of their way to bar travel for Tucker Carlson for interviewing a legit world leader who's involved in a war that everyone's saying is, you know, is like Hitler marching into Poland type thing. Right. So 
it's ridiculous. He's over the target. They know it. They know they're a bunch of frauds. They know the rest of us are catching on. They they know that the enemy class knows that their their days are numbered before people start really waking up and saying, you know what, we're not going along with this anymore. Yeah. Well, speaking of people who are, I mean, the, the enemy class super frustrated. He's clearly over the target. You you know when you're taking this kind of heat, even moderate heat these days, you're over the target. But but you look at <clears throat> You look at the responses, and this one right here is just so precious. It's it's remarkable how dumb the the talking heads for the left are. Listen listen to Jen Saki here, who who calls in this clip, among other things, she calls Tucker just a guy with an internet show. Take a listen. It might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? So why does permanent Washington hate him so much? If you've been watching the news, you know that Putin is having a border dispute with a nation called Ukraine. Border dispute is certainly one way to characterize a major military invasion. Of course, Carlson is now just another far-right conspiracy peddler with a show on the Internet. He's no longer on Fox, as we all know. And he's apparently been spending the last few days in Moscow for some reason. Who knows? We don't know why. He has to stay relevant somehow, so I guess we'll learn in the coming days. Maybe. (laughs) I love it. Has to stay relevant. A guy with an Internet show, not even on television anymore. A (laughs) far-right person. All the stuff that she disputed there. Guys, this is coming from Jen Psaki and her show Inside Jen Psaki, which is what we call it here. Her, her average viewership, according to some statistics out there, are 850,000 per episode. And she's saying because, and this is perfect, right? This is perfect for the left. Well, they're not in television. They're not in our club. They're not, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. In this case, it's the mainstream media. They're not, he's, he didn't even have a show on, on a major network. You are so freaking stupid to think that that matters. And, and moreover, to think that you have more power and clout than someone who's independent with the... Fo- I mean, the following that this joker has. Again, look at these numbers. Li- or listen to these numbers. We don't have numbers to put up. 850000 per episode on average for Jen Psaki on MSNBC. Doesn't even hit a million in a key time slot on a what's deemed by most to be a major network they're an abysmal failure as well but 850,000 Tucker the guy with an internet show on the low end is anywhere from 3 to 10 million per episode or interview that he puts out on X alone they're they're literally all the primetime shows that MSNBC combined together don't really sniff what he does on an average day, an average episode. And then you've got the Javier Millet one, which is obviously, I, Jen Psaki will never see 400 million combined views in her entire life. <laughs> she could live eight lives and she wouldn't see that much. And then you see this one, a guy with an internet show. And that's, and that's what I'm glad that she has that elitist attitude. Because that's where they eventually lose, is they have totally misjudged. They're so out of touch with reality, so out of touch with the everyday American or any person, wherever you are, Canadian, overseas. They they have missed the mark so much here to think that, oh, these thank God he's not at Fox anymore. No, no, no. You, you have no idea when you guys forced him out 
what a just massive creature monster you created an enemy you created who is going to reach so many more people without any rules he doesn't have anyone saying you can't do this you can't do that it, it, it's just hilarious that they're so short-sighted and narrow-minded that they can't they can't even see that truth that's right in front of their eyes exactly and, and you know red bush is just typical of the the elitist the smugness that just permeates from permanent washington from people in the news media they're just so they hate the average person so much that that's not their viewers their viewers are other members of the enemy class and it's just an echo chamber yeah. for them to you know pontificate uh, you know in their sort of faculty lounge style of talking which he's doing and then the thing that i like the best is, is when you have jackasses like her who they always want to like over credential things and say oh well yeah he just has a show on the internet well, you know, we're going to talk to somebody who's got five degrees in this and two degrees in that. And they're always trying to, like, base some sort of intellectual superiority on, you know, your credentials. And so her credentials of her being, you know, a mainstream journalist is because she's on a network and Tucker just has some conspiracy show on the Internet. It's just it, it doesn't all she's saying is. I'm a propagandist for the government. Right. That's if you're on a network show for the most part, you're part of the propaganda um the propaganda media for the uniparty. That's what it is. There's only a few people on Fox News nowadays that that aren't part of that whole sort of life cycle of these propagandists. There there's just there's only a handful. The rest of them are just as bad as anybody on CNN or MSNBC or CBS or ABC, you name it. Right. They're all in the same club. Yeah. No, they absolutely are. And that is, that that's how you say in, in not so many words, or actually a lot more words, rather, that you are. You're a state propagandist. I mean, you would, you would hear that from, not to go down this path, but you would hear that kind of stuff back in the day from Brian Stelter, all these people who were on YouTube and, and Rumble and yada, yada, like they're not real journalists. Yeah, and that's a good thing. And and these people are making nowhere near what Tucker Carlson does or Joe Rogan does, not to put them in the same camp, but that's how the mainstream media looks at them. Obviously, those two have way, way, way bigger audiences than almost everyone else combined. But they they have missed the boat so much on this, and, and I think it does bite them in the ass in the end. The other thing that bites them in the ass is moving on for now. We'll talk more about Tucker's stuff once it drops and we've, we've got all that to, 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 to chew on and, and discuss. But one thing that hurts them is they've got basically a corpse in the office, someone who's got no brain left. And, and we have another clip here where this time Biden confused Republicans with Hamas. There is some movement and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the. There's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be uh, 
a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Okay. Bro, a member of the press helped him out with Hamas. Right. So you're going to tell me that, that there, there's no, that the media aren't propagandists? They just helped him out. He was suffering there. He couldn't think of the name Hamas to save his life. And finally, you know, some dutiful little propagandist commie was like, Sir, it's Hamas. Oh, yeah. Hamas. Thank you. Well, the, I mean, come on. The the sub subject of what they were talking about, though, was actually negotiations in D.C. Right. Yeah, and and, and I mean, it's so you can look at it that way, or you can look at it that he confused Republicans with Hamas and called Republicans Hamas. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, what you've got is a person who, I, I you said it this week, Tom. I just don't see how he's around by by election time. And I, when I mean around, I mean like not in hospice care. He's just going so fast, so fast. Yeah, his deterioration is just go is rapid, and it's gonna it's gonna accelerate from here on out. The 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 you know the kind of lucid times that we've seen of Joe Biden, like one of my favorite Joe Biden moments was when he was with Anderson Cooper during the lead up to the 2020 election, and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like when they were talking about, you know, gays and bathhouses and 24-hour sex. Oh, you know, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that Joe Biden is gone. This yeah. mumbling, stumbling Joe Biden is just going to get worse to the point where he's not going to be able to speak. And I say this because I've watched it happen before. I know exactly what comes next. And becoming nonverbal is, is he's months away from becoming nonverbal. So they better get those those Joe Biden lookalikes, you know, ready to go and get them inserted because he won't be able to speak, you know, coming up very shortly. Well, and here's the thing, too. I think you mentioned this yesterday, but if you were if this was a normal person who didn't have the staff and resources around him like the president of the United States does. And and there was no significant drugs and, and narcotics available that or, or at least to what you or I would have if we were going through the same situation as a everyday civilian. If you were to have this person, in this case, the sitting president of the United States, not get pumped full of whatever they're putting into him, I, it, it, I mean, it's unintelligible what he says now. It, it, I mean, you would see something so vastly different than even what we're seeing, I presume, and things would go along even faster in terms of the optics that we see when he's in a public location or setting. I just, I just... It's it's not good. And again, I, look, I think he's a douchebag. I think he's a horrible person. I don't think he's ever done anything good for this country. I, I'm not wishing him into hospice. I know some people are. I'm just wishing him not to be here anymore because this is straight up embarrassing. And what he's been used for as this puppet for the Obama administration's third term is is so devastating to this country. It just it just is. It's it's almost. The damage that's been done is is as close to irreparable as you can get without being irreparable. I still think we can fix it, but I'm not particularly confident uh, of that. Right, and you know, in, in some uh, some weird kind of like uh, like I don't know if, if Faust would be Faustilian way or 
or well, I'm just trying to come up with a reference, but like the Shakespearean tragedy that Joe Biden being paraded around like this is actually to me a very just end for somebody as despicable and deplorable as that man has been his entire life to be remembered as an old doddering fool who deteriorated in front of the american public who was a punchline for everybody for three years and to go down in history as the worst president ever and the last you know few months of his vapid and meaningless life he was teased incessantly. I think it, it, that's you know that's kind of a just end for somebody like him. No, I think I think you're right. I think it is. I mean, he 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 has brought all of this on himself. You're 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 a a, a vile creature, and and absolutely. What's going to be interesting is when when he's done, whether he's done with with being in office or just dead. Is I'm curious to see how. The media, not the like, not like the mainstream media and news networks, but like late night show hosts, for example, if he becomes the butt of jokes once he's out, talking about you know, well, this is what Biden would have done, or this is what Biden would have said, you know, more more on SNL, more on stuff like that, because I would think that they're going to, because he has been that disastrous, he has been and is the worst president in the history of the United States of America. I don't even think that's opinion. I think that that's just straight up fact, but. I'll be curious to see if that happens because if it does, I'm going to be even more mad than I am now. Like you guys, that's how it was when he was in office and that's what we were saying, but none of you would go there. None of you would bring it up because you were, you were scared that your masters would, would spank you if you, if you said something or went too far off script. So I, I, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. I don't think that they're going to, I mean, we've reached a point now where the Democrat Party and the government is now a religion, you know, when this right. whole sort of the, the communist takeover that we're going through. And if you tease any of the deities within this religion, you're an apostate and you'll be cast out because you're not following the script. So I, I don't I don't think there's going to be any late night you know, like Jimmy, the Jimmy Kimmel's, the, you know, who uh, Colbert and yeah, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, they they. they they got to stay away from this is this is one of their saints that they pray to yeah no you're probably right i i, I think you are right i just I'll, I'll be curious to see how how that actually plays out let's talk about just briefly the election here because a lot uh, this, uh, reportedly i don't know a whole lot about these guys but it's been reported that logically.ai logically the company.ai their their back half of their url there which is a british artist artificial intelligence firm is apparently poised to shape the 2024 election and they're also boasting that they can automatically suppress any label excuse me suppress and label any content that they deem as misinformation on facebook so as we ramp up you expect this kind of stuff to happen it's been happening and you expect it to happen even more in this also critical 2024 presidential election but you've already got different entities working their way in to be key players and possible um, possible ways for for some nefarious activity, shall we say, to to go on during this election, and I, I don't think that surprises anyone. I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks that we're going to have anything but a third world election come November. But certainly, this doesn't this doesn't take us in a better direction. No, it doesn't. Especially when we know that AI right now is being programmed to is being the code is being written 
for left-leaning policies. We've known that from the beginning. It, it's they've people have come right out and, and have said it. That you know, and we've experimented with with it before. You know, say something nice about Trump. Trump, you know, is a racist, misogynist. You know, yeah. Joe Biden's the greatest person ever. So we know that the fix is in with AI, just like it is with anything else. So it, it, it's going to be a very interesting <clears throat> election, uh, and it's already starting. I don't know if you guys caught that this year is the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the first episode dropped on Sunday, and I watched it. And damn it, Larry David ended the episode with you know they went to Atlanta to to go to for a party and this and that that they were invited to. And um, uh, what's his name? JB Smoove's character. He's from Atlanta, and the mom was there going to an election, and it was hot outside. And the final scene is Larry David walking up and handing her a bottle a bottle of water as she waited in line and the police coming in and arresting him because you can't drink water in an election line. And I was like, You got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh yep. You know, it's just it, it's the whole political process is permeating oh it, it's it's destroying every little thing that gives us any kind of enjoyment in life yeah no 100 and, and it's not even in that whole the whole premise of what larry david did in that episode is based on a lie it's just that whole the whole idea behind that law is if I'm, you know, representing Stacey Abrams, I can't go up and say, hey, here's a Pepsi. I know it's hot out. You know, go ahead and drink this and vote for Stacey. That's what it's meant for. It's not meant for an old lady who is thirsty and giving them a bottle of water so they don't pass out. Right. No, exactly. But. Yeah, <clears throat> that's let's let's get to this last story. Uh, this one, this one, not um, great either. We started the show pretty positive, pretty positive. But this one here, we're going to finish with a clip. You've got Representative Jerry Connolly, a Democrat out of Virginia, who is opposing a resolution, this resolution which would declare Nigeria a – the verbiage in the, in, in, in the resolution says that they want to label it a country of particular concern. Does it really – does it really do anything by doing that? Maybe, maybe not. Obviously, there is. There's lots of concerns, lots of things happening in Nigeria, and not just Ni Nigeria, but throughout the continent and Africa. But he's opposed to the resolution declaring them as a country of particular concern. You know why? Because it doesn't mention gay people. Take a listen. Dismiss efforts. But look, uh, Congress can't simple, simply say we're only concerned about Christian persecution. Um, we're concerned about anyone's human rights being violated. And by the way, that includes the gay and lesbian community, which has suffered in Nigeria, among other African countries, um, even at the hands of religious leaders who have called for the death penalty for, uh, because of somebody's sexual orientation. So, you know, if we're going to express ourselves with respect to human rights abuses, as we should, it, it ought to be a comprehensive statement, not a particular group we single out and basically say that's the one we're concerned about. Bro, there's four <laughs> four gay people in Nigeria. Dude, I've been I've spent a lot of time in Nigeria. I've been all over that country from Lagos to Aka, Onicha, Port Harcourt. 
I have never seen a gay person there. They have so many more problems in that country than sexual orientation. And I know, Jerry, that you know, you're talking about, you know, some of the bigoted things that you know are coming out of Nigeria. You know what, Jerry? I know that there are black people there, but I think you're thinking of Uganda and Malawi that are the two, uh, or at least Uganda, the most recent country that has criminalized gay behavior. I know that they're black and everything, and you probably don't know the difference between them because you're a Democrat, but there's a huge difference. And I can tell you right now what's going on with the murdering by the bushelful of Christians in Nigeria is is genocide. You want genocide, we're seeing it right there. Boko Haram is murdering people by the bushelful there. You know, since since I've been there and have contact, I've got friends that live there. I, I, pay, I pay special attention to news coming out of Nigeria. And what we're getting here is nothing compared to what's actually happening there. Yeah, well, and, and just on the face of it all, what he's saying is I oppose this bill because it's, it's clearly a political talking point and it's just it's just political theater. But the the bill is talking about how the fact the what you described there uh, or the resolution excuse me is is talking about what Boko Haram and other extremists in the country are doing to Christian or otherwise it doesn't really matter and and what the resolution is trying to say is hey there is a problem here and and everyone can you'd think everyone can look at that and say yes I agree there are some significant problems in Nigeria. Let's look at that. That's all this is really trying to do and get out the gate. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. <clears throat> it's got to specifically talk about gays. I, it's just such a dumb thing. Okay, you you believe in your in your heart of hearts. You don't really know Connolly, but you believe that there are uh, uh, there's a substantial gay population in Nigeria. There's not. You believe that they're being oppressed. They're not because they're not really there. But you believe all that. Okay, can you get behind the fact that there's an issue there, which is what this resolution is trying to point out and identify so further discussion could be? Maybe table that for once you're actually talking about, once it's been labeled a country of concern, once you're talking about the issues, once you're talking about solutions, maybe bring it up then. Still don't because you're going to sound like an idiot. But I... I, I this is one of those guys who we all know him. Everyone, I feel like it's actually most people. You don't have to just say something to say something. If, if there's something meaningful, you can add to the conversation, whether it's a normal conversation, a political conversation on the Hill, then by all means, if you think it matters and it's important, do it. But you, you're just saying something here that you think is going to get you brownie points with your friends on the left here in America. It, 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 it's it's a non-issue there. This this makes zero sense, but at the same time, it makes all the sense in the world because this is who they are. You're, 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 you could be talking about the most obscure thing ever, and they work this shit in. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. What about the LGBTQ community? Bro, we're talking about herding cattle. Like, what What are you, like, it, there's no connectivity here. Well, um, I just looked it up. And January 3rd of next year, he is up, his term is over, so he's up for re-election. So, of course, he's going to come out now, start saying some things to try to, hey, look, I'm, I'm for your community. Vote for me. Bring me back in. I wish that they would do it in a different way. You know? Like, it, stop pretending 
that you, that you if you really care, then you really care, and that's going to come through, right? Whatever's inside of you, you shake your. It's going to come out. But I, for the ones who are just placating, I wish they would just go over the top and at least make it entertaining for us. Like, I'm for the gays, like and just like throw that randomly into speeches. Like, don't try and tuck it into some issue that has nothing to do with it. No, and what Jerry's trying to do is give himself cover. He, I would have had a lot more respect for him if he would have just said what he meant. And I know what Jerry means by not voting for it because, you know, the issues of gay and lesbian people. He wanted to say, I hate God and I hate Christians. Yeah. And I'm not voting for this because I hope they do die. I hope there is genocide of Christians in Nigeria. That's what he wanted to say. Yeah. He just took the cover of saying, oh, well, that has nothing to do, you know, with gays or lesbians. And I can't do that without that language. But him hating Christians and hating God is what he wanted to say. Yeah. No, exactly. I wish as vile as they all are and as much as we don't want to hear them say what they think, it, 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 not, not that, as much as we don't want them to think what they think and have have just these these completely opposite values. It's as, as if they were raised by a pack of wolves and have no nurturing ability, no understanding of other people whatsoever. And actually, you know, wolves and animals stick together better, so that's not even a good example. But I wish that they would. I wish they would just say it because then you know. And if people support what you think, by all means, by all means, whether you're talking about radical leftists burning the cities in America down, to say you support it without saying it in a different way. Say, say you support turning this country into a communist hellhole. Say you support mutilating the genitals of our children in America for the sole purpose of confusing them, destroying the nuclear family, and ultimately sowing more division and chaos and, and ultimately ushering in common. Tell us your entire playbook. We can see it. We know what it is. We, it's, it's pretty obvious to anyone who's paying even slight attention, but I wish they would do that, but they don't have the balls to do it. And, and, and you understand why they're doing it because they've been getting away with things. It's, it's clever how they've done it, but just tell people who you are. We tell people who we are all the time. Some people get so offended by it. Don't care. You know exactly what you're getting. If you don't like this, you don't like the bluntness that I take or Tom takes, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. And you know what? My feelings aren't hurt because I don't value you. You, you know what you get. Tell us who you are. I wish that I wish they totally would. Right, but that's that's the problem. When you make a deal with the devil, you have to deal. You have to. Uh, live your life in deception you know yeah. once once you're a member of permanent washington or like the the elite of the entertainment industry and you've taken a sip uh, uh the chalice from satan and you've signed your name on a contract and as soon as your name comes off the paper it bursts into flames you've made a deal and you, from that point on, you can never be honest with anybody because part of what the devil needs to do is to get people to believe that he doesn't exist. And that's what people like Jerry, that's what the, that's how they live their entire lives. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. By the way, Disco's had Baywatch on this TV <laughs> into my far right the whole time. <laughs> I decided to switch it up on you. And, the old you know, one or the new one? It, old. So I, I'm, I can see Hasselhoff right yeah. now. And there's Pam Anderson. I'm not going to say the optics weren't great, but I've, I've got all show-related stuff in Baywatch. <laughs> you you want to hear a funny story about Baywatch? I when do. I went to Catholic school, one of the girls in my class, uh, there was a, the pergola girls, um, 
there was like four girls. There weren't any boys in the family. But anyways, their dad was one of the producers and directors of Baywatch. So he would go to, uh, he'd work in LA Monday through Friday and then come home Saturday. And then we'd see him in church on Sundays and then repeat this process. But he, he started on that show from the beginning and pretty much, you know, ended his career on that show. But what was funny, he told me a great story once because when it, there were times where he wouldn't be able to get back uh, to Naples. And so he'd go to church in LA and the church that he went to in Santa Monica, Chris Farley would also attend. And yes. he said, no matter how how much Chris, Par Chris Farley had partied the night before, he would show up at church with his hair all crazy. And you could tell that he was wearing the same clothes from the night before, but he would show up there and be at mass. <laughs> you can totally see that too. You could to <laughs> yeah. I can totally picture him coming in. I can picture like his, his conversation with people on the way out, I don't know what Catholics call it, but in the foyer <laughs> in the lobby. I mean, oh my gosh. What a uh what 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 a I, I I still think it's one of the most tragic losses ever is Chris Farley. Oh, it's awful. It's just devastating because you think you know, you hear the stories that David Spade and other comics, you know, from SNL talk about, and then you watch some of the movies, and it's just like he was He's like one of these generational people that, yeah. you know, just yeah. comes along. They're a really bright spot for a short period of time, and they're just poof, Don't. and leaving everybody with the thought of, just, did that just really happen? Yeah. When I worked on the, the, the Real Rob show that's on Netflix, in between takes and stuff, or when we'd be setting stuff up, Rob would just start telling stories of SNL and other movies he was on, and when he would start bringing up Chris Farley, it was just awesome. And you could see, like, they're generally... Yeah. They they mourn his loss to this day. Yeah. They wish he they, he needs to still be here, and but just to hear some of the stories, there he's like, yeah, I just walk into the office and all of a sudden, it, like you know, David Spade and Chris Farley, you know, shared an office. They'd walk in and Farley would be like half dressed, like doing stretches or something, <laughs> just like, and David's just sitting there, like writing, like whatever, <laughs> just random stuff. It's just awesome to hear, just yeah. to see how 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 big of effect he had on those guys' lives. Yeah. No, talk about talk about a funny dude, a dude who lights up the room. Um, yeah, what a stud. What a stud. All right, folks, reminder, tomorrow, Coin Club only, 5 p.m. Eastern on Locals. We'll be there. We'll be over at the bar hanging out. Come join us. I'm going to put the, the thing in the, the link in there right now if you're, if you're unable to find the, the very glaringly obvious red button that says join. Uh, go there. Use this promo code and you'll get a month free if you're not already signed up so come on over join us hang out give it a, give it a shot have a drink with us the show tomorrow night will not be here on rumble or anywhere for that matter at 6 p.m eastern because we're all going to be sitting around watching the tucker carlson vladimir putin interview so tomorrow the last chance you'll get to see us for this week is on locals at 5 p.m for coin club we hope to see you there. If for some reason we don't, we'll look forward to seeing you on Monday. Have an outstanding weekend if we don't see you on Coin Club tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.